Welcome to Adventure, an e-commerce podcast that isn't just about numbers and profits. It's about the visionaries who have carved their path, navigated challenges, and left an indelible mark on the e-commerce landscape. So get ready to be inspired, informed, and immersed in the world where innovation meets commerce. Uh, Joining us today is Ramiro Velasco. Ramiro is an engineer, entrepreneur, e-commerce veteran, and most recently co-founder of GoAvance a digitally native company that helps brands enter the Latin American market. Also joining in on the conversation will be Joseph Phillips, account manager with BidX. Uh, Joe has a passion for all things e-commerce and at BidX, he handles ad strategy for enterprise clients in the US. So let's jump in with the first question. Uh, Ramiro, um, what inspired you to venture into the Amazon or e-commerce industry? Um, We'd love to hear you share your journey of building and scaling your business some of the challenges that you faced during the initial stages, how you overcame them. I know we just had this conversation a couple of days ago um, and had a, a lot of fun having that chat, talking about the music industry and sort of the similarities between that and this, but definitely uh, share share your journey with us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jeanette. Uh, that was a wonderful introduction. You you really gassed me up. Like, I really feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing something right. Um, so, <laughs> I, I made the awful mistake of uh, going to engineering school, like going to school for engineering, because I was not much of an engineer. You know, like I was uh, before that, I was doing like a lot of music and I was doing a lot of like creative things. And uh, part of me, you know, part of some insecurity that every high schooler has was, all right, well, I got to be smart. How do you be smart? And I was like, all right, I guess I'll be an engineer. And I sucked at it. I mean, I got my degree and, you know, passed with okay grades, but I could tell, you know, that it wasn't, um, I didn't quite vibe right like i didn't have the right vibe so i leave uni and uh move back to uh, live in indonesia for a bit and then i move back to mexico and i don't know what to do with my life and i'm sort of just sending out cvs but like you know that half-hearted cv sending where you don't really you don't really want to get a job um and one of those i sent it out and it was for an amazon agency i was like okay and i sort of went to the interview and vibed with my you know them boss and it was like okay i think i could do this and probably within the first you know week or so i realized like oh wait this is actually stuff i really like this is um you know you you it it turns out that part of me wasn't is an engineer right The, the problem solving part the uh getting the right information and then making the right calls and you know like I just didn't like thermodynamics. Like, and I think that's totally fair. I don't think anyone should. Um, so I I, st- I get to work on this and I go, wait, this is optimization problems. This is like fun excels, which is not two words that should be put together. But you know, this is fun excels. And this is uh there's a mix of creativity with the with the like product presentation, with like what all the um creatives that were pardon the the redundance, but the creatives that you're putting on the web on the listings. And then there's also a lot of math and a lot of optimization and a lot of uh, process building. And and that just, I mean, by pure luck, it was a, a great fit where uh, it became uh, basically Sudokus every day. And I'm the kind of nerd that plays Sudokus and chess and all these boring things. And I was like, wait, this is kind of like that, but I can get paid for it and get instant dopamine hits when you're seeing the results, right? So I worked with, uh, I don't know, several dozen brands and you know got really nice results and and you get the dopamine hit where you're like going into one uh account and you go oh these guys grew and then the next day oh these guys grew like oh we're doing something right 
And uh, when it came to then coming to Mexico and saying like, all right, let's expand some of these brands to Mexico. I went, wait, this is a different game. I will talk about that in a second, but um, I was like, this is a different game and there's so much space here. And uh, you know, let's, let's just keep doing what we're doing just from a different angle. Um, but yeah, pure luck, I guess, to summarize. <laughs> What a great feeling though, right? To like hit on something that really spoke to you. And it sounds like you really um, lend yourself to something that's just not single faceted. Like you yeah. really like the opportunity to work on a lot of different things and, and kind of like not just one thing at a time. And being a problem solver has definitely been a trend for all of the, the tech founders that we've spoken yeah. to so far. So um, I think uh, Joe has some questions for you. Um, so you kind of started to touch on it, Ramiro, um, regarding how it's a whole different game than in the U.S. And I was hoping you could kind of get into a little bit about how it, um, overall e-commerce is different in Latin America and South America, not only as far as what you can and can't import, but, you know, dominant players and consumer habits about how people are shopping online. Oh, this is this is one of my favorite topics right now because um, <laughs> it involves a little bit of like macroeconomics and then it involves a little bit of like just social trends. And then I think we were all around 2015, 2014, uh, Amazon, when you still wouldn't believe like, wait, who would buy their toilet paper online? Like that is ridiculous. Right? Maybe a little bit earlier, like we can go 2012, um, where it didn't quite make sense. And now we have the proof of it actually did make sense. And it grew like crazy. And Amazon is a trillion dollar company and all these things um based on uh something that someone believed in that maybe the rest of us didn't at least that's my experience you know i, I was living in the uk they're like oh you just buy it on amazon and i was like how dare you like is there not a shop nearby that i can go to um that feeling is where latin america is maybe a little bit more ahead you know maybe in the 14th and the 15th um where it's not only hey we figured out a lot of the payment solutions right like in mexico uh specifically and actually mercado libre is doing this across latin america they'll say hey you you can go buy you can go pay for your uh, product at the corner shop because we're a cash-based economy right pretty much across the board uh, and they went you know what we get it go pay at the corner shop we we enable these programs now more people can shop online but also the trust is being built. So what you'll see is when Mercado Libre, who has been around for longer in, in Latin America, you will see more consumer trust, right? Because they, they've already tried it. And now Amazon is going through that process of, wait, will, I mean, does it, because I got here seven years ago and that were the, those were the questions I was getting. Does it really arrive to your house? What do you do if it doesn't? And you have to go, you're completely covered. If it doesn't get to your house, you get your money back, don't stress. So what we're seeing is not only, you know, Amazon and Mercado Libre making a push to, to open up these, uh, like the ease of use, but the 700, nearly 700 million people in Latin America are becoming digitized in their shopping habits. So it's not so much a question of, hey, can I get this new product to work? It's like, can I get this product that people are familiar with to convince them to buy it online. And that is just becoming like it's it's we all saw the 18,000 review garlic crusher that we all learn on right from the helium 10 videos like who didn't go through that. Um, but that's what's being built right now. So there's just a ton of opportunity for for uh, people to capture a part of the growing pie. Yeah. And with that, I, in the US, we generally say, if you're about to launch a product in order to have a good launch and assuming everything goes well, you need about 50k to put into it 
what would that look like expanding into Latin America? So it is actually really hard to talk about without um, getting to the bureaucracy of things. Um, if a local, if you look, if you want to get start get started selling, and you're just like a random person here, you know, um, you can get started with a lot less. Uh, I've seen people start uh, a company a couple of years ago. But I've seen people start a uh, good uh, online business with two thousand um, dollars, which is basically a shipment and then initial advertising, right? Like uh, this was a couple of years ago. A friend of mine did um. Uh, stainless steel straws and bamboo, you know, the stuff that was in, in fashion a couple years ago. Um, now, if you're a foreign brand coming into Mexico, that's where you start running into some, um, into some, let's call it bureaucratic challenges. Um, you need to be set up uh, with the Mexican IRS called SAT, uh, and they do not make it easy. Uh, you need a business entity when lawyers don't make it easy because you will end up paying the you don't speak Spanish tax. Um, which I think anyone that's ever been to Cancun or something knows what that tax is like, right? Um, but all in all, what we're seeing is advertising is infinitely cheaper. Numbers came out three weeks ago, maybe. CPC is 80% lower, something like 83% lower in uh, in Mexico, right? Prices aren't actually lower. A lot, of, a lot of our clients are just saying, look, I want to match US margins. I don't really care about volume. Yeah, we can do that. And we're seeing pretty good results. Do we also have clients that are like, you know what, let's just match the, the market and pricing and we just blow it out of the water, right? Like it does get easier. But um, in general, the investment is is pretty low once you have the product in here. Your shipping costs are comparable. 15% uh, Amazon takes their 15% no matter where you get it from, right? Um, but storage is, is cheaper. Advertising is cheaper. Um, just a ton of... of uh, variables make it that much more accessible and are there certain things that you're not allowed to import into mexico or that you're not allowed to sell, sell online throughout latin america i'll tell you what if you're just starting you think you can't sell anything uh <laughs> <laughs> when you're figuring out how to import and you start saying hey your products have this so-and-so requirement you go wait hold on i i don't think i have that you probably do it's just worded funny um, there are differences in what uh, Mexican cofepris will allow to American FDA. They're the equivalencies. Um, but for the most part, it's just getting stuff approved. It's telling the government, hey, I'm selling this. Is this cool? And they go, yeah, that's cool. Um, and that process is a little bit of a pain. You have to go through some agencies or, you know, we, there's a bunch of ways to do it. We actually, we're just finishing building the in-house process because agencies are sometimes a little bit iffy. Um, but in general, if you can sell it in the U.S., you can sell it in Mexico. You're just going to have to jump through a couple of hoops first. So, you know, just talking about market trends, I know that I'm sure, you know, um, the onset of the pandemic surely sh shifted online buying and the e-commerce landscape. Um, and you're saying that, you know, there's a tr there was a trust issue uh, for the Latin American market, um, not just with Amazon, but with foreign sellers as well. So what do you see as other sort of market trends that are shifting at, uh, specifically for the latin american marketplace do you see obviously you see that opening up that's starting to change a little bit are you noticing any other trends um in that market 
Absolutely. Um, we kind of have to stay on top of it because we do outreach, right? We're like, hey, I think your category is gonna is gonna go well. Like, let's get talking. So um, we have to be on top of these and be strategic, right? With like, well, all right, what do we think is gonna happen? So the first thing we did is we looked at um, the U.S.'s history. So if you see Amazon in the U.S certain categories started popping off before others. So you had your pet supplies, you had your uh, your electronics, you had your art supplies. Really in that first round of, all right, this obviously first round was books, right? But other than that, um, we saw that. In a very similar capacity, we're seeing this, but with the caveat that we're really going after generic keyword products. And what do I mean by that is, if I have a really interesting product, uh, it's going to be very hard for me to explain it. One, via obviously we're all restricted by the Amazon capabilities. You know, we have images, text, A plus content. But if your project has like a specific way of using it, we can't really communicate it that easily. Um, but also the shoppers, like the, the consumer behavior is not to go in looking for solutions yet. And I think intuitively we all know this when we look back to our uh, mid, mid 2010s sort of experience, you weren't going in and going, uh, how to clean my shoes, you know, like shoe cleaner. You were looking for sponge to clean shoes or you were looking for a shoe brush or you were looking because we still had that very narrow mentality of like, it's like I'm going to the shop, what can I find? Now, as the market evolves, what we expect to see is that this does open, right? And the, and the sort of perspective opens to where Amazon becomes a solution-seeking platform. But right now we're mostly... <clears throat> Uh, really focusing on products that people will find that they're going to be looking for. I'm looking for protein. Great. Let's let me show you what protein we have. I'm looking for, you know, any sort of supplement. We'll we'll really focus on the active ingredients. Any sort of form of cosmetics. We'll really focus on the active ingredients because that's what you're coming to look for, not just how to look nice, right? Like that's that's, that's a good insight though. That consumer behavior as we get better shopping online, searching for those things that we want, those search words, those search terms are going to change for us. Um, consumer is getting better yeah. at being able to describe what it is we're looking for. So that changes um, everything for the for the seller. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really hard to look at some products that want to come into Mexico and they're like products that I want to have because they've explained, they're like, hey, this is a cool product. I'm like, that is a cool product. And they go, can you make it work? And I go, it's gonna be rough like give me a little bit of time you know so we we have to be honest with these things we'll have to talk with her we'll have to we'll yes. have to work together here <laughs> yeah. um but hey i'm just gonna throw a fun one in here um if you could switch roles with any colleague for a day um who would you switch with and why oh that's a rough one that is <laughs> oh that is so tough i've spent uh, I've spent so long trying to only do what I like doing. Uh, <laughs> for example, one of my partners is uh, in sales and he is an, you know, fantastic in sales and he really helps you find the, the solution and all these things. I'm like, I would destroy Like I would uh, just be so bad at his job, right? <laughs> like I can't, I don't want to take that. You know, I, that, I'm, that's I'm, a valid I'm, answer. That's, that's valid. As right. a founder, you have selected your, uh, job duties and the rest is called delegate, right? Yeah. Look, but if I had to give one answer, uh, one the the person that's in charge of uh, one of my partners who's in charge of processes, um, internal processes. That's something I really like. So, 
going in and really figuring out incentives and figuring out uh, sort of the idea that, all right, no one wants to work. Absolutely zero people want to work, including myself. Um, how do we make systems so that even if you really don't want to work, it's in your best incentive to to follow the process? Like that sort of uh, problem solving is really interesting to me. So that's that's the person whose job I take. All right, great. That sounds great. I, I enjoy that as well. Let's get rid yeah. of redundancies, make everything as efficient as possible. Yeah. That's exciting to me. Um, how about, um, let's talk about just technology uh, for a minute. How have you sort of intertwined technology, innovation? Um, how do you encourage a culture of innovation um, within your organization, within your company? You, you, you're hitting all the points that I want to, like, that I love, Jeanette. Okay. Um, <laughs> Right now, AI is nuts. I think we're all on board with the idea that AI is going to fundamentally change the way anyone is doing anything, right? Now, about 10 days ago, Microsoft came out with Autogen, which is basically, hey, you can have a whole, I, Chad Dev did this first, but you can have like entire offices and teams talking to each other that it's all AI. And you're just like one person building this space out, right? And that's become really interesting to me and generally to us within the organization because um, we have a lot of repetitive tasks, a lot of repetitive tasks. A lot of this is, uh, hey, we need to build out labels. All right, well, we have someone doing labels for importing. Do we really need to be doing that or can we optimize it in such a way that, you know, that person can be doing something else? Now, it is always very tough to automate because we are all really busy. Every single person that's listening to this is really busy and carving out the space, like not only time, but mental space to go like, you know what, I'm gonna build a thing that's gonna shave an hour of work a week. It sounds nice, but it takes eight hours to build it out, right? So some of the stuff we've outsourced, um, some of the stuff uh, we have just general technology partners, they can they can build stuff out for us and they're fantastic. Um, and on the other hand, it's just being really excited. Uh, I, I really hate, hate, hate motivation. I think if you if you're waiting for inspiration to get things done, you're probably not going to get it done. But when things are as exciting as they are right now with AI, with uh, general like optimization tools, it's just like I, I spent all of last weekend uh, figuring out my X Python skills. Like I have no coding skills because I haven't coded in 10 years, right? But I was like, all right, I got to dust some of this off because this is exciting. And my partner was like, excuse me, like we have things to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, 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 wait, hold on. This is exciting for me. So, so far, the culture, maybe not there, but the excitement is what's driving it. No, that's a that's a great response. I think that's another trend that we've definitely noticed is uh, people in this space are infinitely curious and they're often driven by that intrinsic uh, motivation. Um, not that we don't all want to make a million dollars, but um, I think certainly what motivates people in this space is um, just that sort of intrinsic motivation. So um, yeah, you're definitely right there. So what, um, as as we sort of wrap this up, I think the biggest question is, um, you know, people certainly must see blockers to entering the Latin America uh, marketplace. Um, what sort of, what would be your three top tips for kind of getting started to expand um, into that market? Okay. Um, if you're if you're coming into Latin America to sell, I would say do investigate the native options to the marketplaces. Uh, most of us have access to a remote fulfillment program, who we qualify as our direct competition. It's uh, it's not the existing sellers here, it is, but rather 
can we provide a better service than the remote fulfillment program, both to our clients or to, and to our consumers? That being said, absolutely explore it. Absolutely uh, see if it's a good fit for you, right? Um, you're missing out on Mercado Libre, but that's, you know, there's other solutions there. Um, secondly, I would really look at the market and see like, is there a market for my products there, right? Um, again, it's it's tough to make a call, especially with some of the tools maybe not working as well as in Mexico, sorry, as in the US, but uh, really just getting a vibe. Like, I think a lot of us can, can talk about this, like with experience, you start getting like the gut feeling of like, no, I think I could, this could work. I could take over these keywords. I could take over this, this search volume and so on. Um, and, but I think the most important one is uh, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged by the uh, just ridiculous amount of roadblocks there's a reason we started this business and it is that uh the roadblocks are all over the place um you want to ship into mexico you go, all right let's use mexican fba and they go all right where's your tax id and you go man like come on please um you someone just goes hey you need to get this labels and you go all right here you go and then the next guy goes oh that those are the wrong labels so it is really consistently discouraging um to to have such a sloppy environment but um you know, once you've tried everything, if you if if you're having a hard time, come talk to us. Like we're <laughs> like I have I literally our whole entire thing is we'll take the 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 headache from you, right? So, but don't be discouraged. That, that sounds like the best the best option yet. But it's <laughs> like you know, you, if you do run into frustrations, once you actually do get it, once you actually sort of can learn to speak that language, um, sounds like you'll be dialed in and and good to go. And and if not, um, call Ramiro at GoAvance. <laughs> yeah, uh, and there's a lot of issues. Like there's a lot of differences in the market that may seem daunting. Mm -hmm. So, for example, taxes included in price, not you know added at the end. And you go, wait, so why is everything more expensive? Because you're paying for that, but the consumer's paying for it. Bake it into the price, you know. Or um, wait, uh, I just looked at my remote fulfillment fees, and it turns out they're taking all the profit. And it goes, yes, you probably need to raise the price a little bit more because. I was taking like three, four dollars per shipment, right? Like, look at what your consumer is paying because they're paying for shipment. Ninety percent of Mexico doesn't have Prime, so you know they're paying for shipment on top of what you're already paying. So play around with that. There's just so many uh, variables that I think people can just people can do it as long as they're aware of it, right? Like, it's so just, just become informed, yes. ask the right people, um, all of yeah. those things that you would do with any with any market when you're just entering it. Exactly, exactly, yeah. That sounds fantastic. Um, one more question before we wrap up, Ramiro, something that we're asking everybody since our podcast um, is called Adventure. Uh, we need to ask what's the most adventurous thing that uh, you've ever done? Oh my, oh my days. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> I am, oh my God. Okay, I am so risk adverse. It's so bad. I'm the guy that takes 25 minutes to get into a cold pool. You know, like it's it's bad, like it's bad. Um, but I would say the absolutely boneheaded decision to finish up uni, uh, to finish up uh, high school and go, I want to go live in the UK and study there. And I don't know anyone. And I sort of just went, you know, the, the, the girl I like is going there, so I'll do it. Bad choice, but uh, I'd call it adventurous for that sure. That is absolutely the hallmark of an adventurous spirit. So I don't know why you would say that you're averse <laughs> to risk. Uh, but it sounds like it all paid off for you. I think it did, yeah. 
So far, uh, so good. That's awesome. Well, I just wanted to thank you again for joining us um, in this interview. We hope the valuable insights shared by Ramiro have inspired you. If you'd like more info, uh, please visit goavance.com. And be sure to subscribe to the Adventure Podcast for more thought-provoking interviews with prominent business leaders in the future. Thanks, Ramiro. Thanks, guys. Absolute pleasure to be here. Honestly, thank you for having me. Take care.